with Coach JT. Um, thanks for li- listening in, subscribing, man, tuning into the podcast. As uh, today, yeah, I'm I'm broadcasting straight from the from the walk-in closet, man. You know, what I'm saying I had to get this interview in uh, while time permitted. But I'm um, also happy to have this this coach, uh, somebody who I've been in contact with now. I don't even keep track, but off and on, on the clock, through social media, through messaging, man, following this guy's journey for the last few years, um, making some big moves. Recently, again, crowned the 2022-23 Division One Section Championship coach. Um, also a father, a mentor, um, a ex- still a ball player, never retired. I mean, never done playing ball, but retired from the game itself. Um, a head coach of Modesto Christian, um, who is currently on their path to road to state. Um, Bryce Fantasia is joining me right now, man. Thanks, coach, for taking time out your morning and getting this interview in with me. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Um, man, let's jump into this, though. So, I mean, I mean, you're Modesto, not too far from where I'm in SAC, but um, we see you a lot up here. <laughs> Basketball games, Golden One, trips. But for those who are tuning in for the first time, who may not know you, a little bit of background, man. Give us a little background about just uh, where you're from and where you grew up. Um, Yeah, I mean, I grew up, uh, graduated, graduated 2004, won a state championship here. Um, So kind of, you know, grew up as a kid, you know, watching the Chuck Hayes, David Paris teams, uh, Richard Midgley, and, you know, always wanted to go to Minnesota Christian, Um, ended up coming here and, Went to college out in the Midwest, uh, played four years overseas, and you know came back and wanted to get into coaching, wanted to start helping kids, and you know happened a little quicker than I thought. Uh, Richard Midgley, who was kind of like my mentor, kind of someone I looked up to since you know I was in junior high, got a job with Atlanta Hawks, and you know he kind of went to the school and said, "You guys need to hire Bryce," and you know I guess you could say the rest is history. In seven years now, so. And that's what's up. Yep. That's, that's 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 relationship, right? Like I talk about, I talk that, preach that a lot to a lot of students, uh, athletes, communication relations with who are certain people or teammates or people you work for, work with. You just never know, right? You get to you get to skip some loops uh, sometimes. You get to skip some lines uh, when you got uh, a certain relationship with certain people, or you get recommended. You get recommended. No, which I always like you know. <laughs> uh, was boys with um, the current general manager with the Brooklyn Nets. And you know, I went to college with him at Cal. Yeah. And, but that's kind of how his path went straight from coaching high school to the NBA. So, yeah, yeah it's all about relationships, how you treat people, how you get yeah. along with people. You know, that's something we try to teach our current kids. You know, you never yeah. know and remember you five, six, seven years from now yeah. um, what they can do for you. Yep, for sure. Um, man, growing up, you said 04. Let me see. So, that I think I was almost in my third, fourth year of college then. But who are some people at junior playing career, man, even though, you know, being Modesto, you know, and again, NorCal, we got talent, man. We got players. And But some people may, on the big stage or college or high school, NBA level, NBA level you might have looked up to or kind of mimicked your game after a little bit growing up. Um, I mean, with me, it was like, I didn't really watch a lot of NBA and stuff growing uh-huh. up. I mean, obviously, I was a huge Jordan fan, AI, yeah. you know, that stuff. But um, with me, it was just, I watched a lot of college basketball and Really, for me, it was a lot of Modesto Christian. I played uh, in a league out here called Slam and Jam okay. that um, my coach Bobby Cole kind of started out here, and Coach Porter was involved. And so, you know, I was just at all the Modesto Christian games, watching all the, you know, from almost the very beginning, my dad would bring me to the games. And so I, I literally grew up, like, watching the Modesto Christian it. play. Yeah. I wanted to be a, a, 
a crusader. And uh, at that time in Modesto, it was literally like the coolest thing out. It was like lines wrapped around the gym to get into games. Um, you know, Chuck was like a phenom out here. Yeah. And um, all the kids in Modesto really, you know, they wanted to be like him. So, um, you know, I would obviously watch a lot of college basketball and then just because uh, I wanted to provide I didn't really dream about playing in the NBA you know I just yeah. loved basketball I just loved hoop and stuff happening that's what's up man um uh, let's talk that college grind a little bit though man like get out of high school going to get into college man I mean now they have way so many outlets these kids players can it's way more opportunities to get to a school and that's still hard in itself but for you what was that like getting to the next level as far as getting a decision or you know getting the opportunity to go play basketball what was that like yeah, I mean, obviously, I think back in our day, like you said, nowadays it's so much harder to kind of slip through the cracks. Like back in the day, like it went D two and NAI, social hmm. <laughs> media, there wasn't mixtapes and all this and that. So you yeah. would have to slip through the cracks. Um, nowadays, like if you can go, they're, they're going to know who you are and they're going to find you. Um, True. But to a certain extent, nowadays the kids are dealing with different stuff with this portal stuff and super secret and all of that. But um, yeah, for me, I was never a big time recruit, you know, even in high school, you know, I played with Adrian Oliver, went to Washington, Michael Porter, went to Kentucky. Um, all nine kids on our state championship team went on to play college basketball. And, you know, I just, I was all about winning. I just wanted to win. And yeah. uh, I never led the team in scoring or anything. It's like, I, on our state championship team, I don't even know who our leading scorer was. It was just, you know, Andre Glenn went to Grand Canyon University. Um, we just we were loaded, and nobody really cared about scoring, anything like that. It was just all about winning. And uh, you know, maybe I could have done a little more, gone to a higher level if I'd have put up a little better numbers or whatever. But you know, I ended up going to NAI school out in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. I had to go the show route first, and for me, it was arguably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, you know, out of junior college, I had Division One schools recruiting me. Um, I committed to a Division Two out in Missouri. Ended up having um, dry socket. I had to take a summer class. Ooh. Got dry in my in a tooth and didn't pass the class. Yeah, that's terrible. I was, that's I, one of the I, worst I, pains. And I didn't want a red shirt, so um, I was like, "Man, I'm going to go NAIA." Um, ended up going there. Um, was honorable honorable mention All American. Yeah. Uh, all league top five in the country and assists. So for me, it ended up working out just because okay. like I was the best fit. I went somewhere where they let me rock out, they let me kind of be me. And you know, if I would have yeah. gone to the division level, who would have you know maybe I'd just be the tenth man and you know not got the opportunity to go play overseas and you know make a little bit of money, see the world, stuff like that. So yeah. it all ended up working out for me. And you know, I try to tell kids all the time, um, it's not about going to the highest level, it's about going to the best fit where you're gonna be happiest. And no one's happy sitting on the bench, and you, know. you shouldn't be. But depending on what you're, you know, right, you know, <laughs> yeah. But hey, that JUCO grind, man. I'm a JUCO kid too, man. Just it's it's different. I tell people, man, if if you can make it at junior college, it don't matter where you are. But it's survival of the fittest. It's grown men. I mean, I think I was 17, going to be 18. I remember guard playing against San Jose City out here in the first round playoffs. They had a 23 year old two guard that was like six four. I'm like. I'm five of eleven. Uh, we, we, we 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 get the first round. We had uh, they had just gone to the final four that year, and they, man, they are huge. I walked on Crazy. campus, 
state championship team. And it was like you said, man, it was like grown men, just big difference between a little 18 year old and some 21 right. kind of been around. And, you know, I think we had a kid, a dude from New York, man. He was 25. He already had a kid. I was like, what? Like, bro, you're a two year old. I was like, oh, yeah, it's different. <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you doing out here? He's like, man, I've been out here. I'm like, it's just crazy, man. But that grind, too. I, I'm again, and kids, I would say, don't overlook the junior college route. Don't think that you're, you know what I mean? Like, that can help change your life or shape your life, too, and your career uh, to something better, man, which is dope. So, at what point did you did you know or feel like outside, you know, been, been a crusader, grew up a crusader, go to college, that you felt like, okay, coaching after playing is going to be my my thing. But actually, before coaching, how was it going overseas, though? Because did you ever feel like you had opportunity to go overseas early in life? Um, I mean, I, I knew it was an opportunity. You know, I, I had some people I knew that, you okay. know, were over college and stuff. And, you know, so obviously, you know, I wanted to – I think around the time I was probably going into college, I knew I wasn't going to the NBA. You know, I wasn't, um, you know, one of those kids. And yeah. knew I could, you know, play overseas if I – you know, got the right breaks and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was trying to my senior year, I had a really good senior year and, uh, you know, you started to get filmed together and stuff like that. And I just got a call from an agent, just a random agent um, asking if I was Portuguese and, you know, it was a little weird conversation, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of- <laughs> and um, so he was like, all right, I want you to fly out to San Diego. So I flew out to San Diego, met him. Um, and the next thing I know, I'm flying to Portugal, um, with a national team and they weren't able to get my citizenship quite done yet. Um, so I had to play my years overseas as an American, which if anyone knows, you know, it's, there's only three Americans on each team. On team or, yeah. It cut at any time. And politics different, man. I, I swear, you know, I've seen it firsthand a whole bunch of my boys. I'm like, it's, it's a real business. Like, it is. It is. <laughs> NFL, you get cut, no pay. I had to fly all the way to Germany, back to Portugal. As soon as I landed off the plane, I'm thinking Practice. I'm going to where I'm living. I, they took me straight to the gym, yep. straight workouts. They didn't care about jet lag, nothing. Yep. And, uh, that was my first eye-opening experience. We're like, man, this is it's a business. I mean, they had like the manager there, all the <laughs> lined up there. They had a trainer working me out, and it was yeah, it was. Uh, I slept about 14 straight hours um, after that practice. When, once I got to my apartment. Yeah, so, so that's a that's definitely a dope experience, man. If anybody, you can get out there too and make money overseas. Um, all right, you, you back you back to the opportunity comes up, match old high school. One ton of pressure you felt on the shoulders, heavy or what? Like I mean, even though tradition is there, it's already in, it's it's kind of already moving in place. But anything separate you might have put it on or felt like you brought on or carried on some more weight, taking that challenge on. Hundred percent. I mean, I almost put too much pressure on myself the first couple. <laughs> um. Like I said, I just I if anybody kind of knows the history of the school and the tradition and stuff, you know, I think it's me. I think, you know, growing up as a kid, watching, you know, the Chuck Hayes teams and all that, then mm-hmm. being a player, then being an assistant coach under Midgley, it was like, you know, I did feel the pressure to kind of keep stuff going. And um, I mean, if you ask my wife, she'd be like, Yeah, the first couple of years are probably miserable for her. I mean, I was literally like two, three in the morning just watching yeah. Their stuff was, you know, and first my first couple of years, it was almost like every win didn't mean anything, but the every losses. loss, like <laughs> long nights. And, uh, you know, it <laughs> took until I kind of, you know, my second year, we won the section championship. Junior Ballard, who now at Weber State, you know, hit a oh, big yeah. like, butter. 
And um, I think once I won the first section championship, mm -hmm. uh, that going into my third year, I think I kind of just relaxed and was like, I just need to be myself. I don't need to be Richard Midgley, Coach Porter, right. um, like that. And, um, you know, then it was just like, okay, time to just we're, we're Modesto Christian. Just it's time to just go to work. You don't have to kill yourself, do anything like that. Um, and I had a goal once I took over, you know, I wanted, there's not much Minnesota Christians never done in its history. Uh -huh. And I wanted to win a, a, a NorCal Open. I wanted yeah. to get back to the state championship. And I wanted to get us kind of back on the national map, like, you know, yeah. national stuff like that. And we've done that. But it's still like, you know, now it's like, okay, we want to win a state title. You know, there's always something else. So, yeah, you know, we're working, striving for more. Um, but like I said, early in my career, it was all about wins. Like, I just wanted to win. Right. Now, I still want to win, but, you know, now it, it is more. I, I get more joy out of now the signing day stuff, seeing the kids go on. Or early on in my career, it was just, you know, to me, it, that stuff, it was winning was most important. Right. And, like, me thinking that, but it was just now looking back, I realized that winning was a priority. And yeah. It's not even a priority anymore. Um, it just kind of happens the way I think our culture is and the way we do stuff, yeah. um, putting the kids, trying to get the kids to college, making them the best players they can be, you're going to win basketball games. So yeah, goes and I guess. Yeah, that's, that, that's dope. I mean, evolution, right? you got to grow or should grow and shift. And I said times are definitely different from when, again, you you know, you and I were playing or in that era, but also got to be adaptable. But also you got to do is, you know, look at the best with the situation you're in, uh, which you've been yep. capitalizing on. So. Overall, how many section titles has it been since you've been there? How many you have you have you ring, rung up so far? I've won three and lost one in the section division okay. one. Nice. Um, going further, I mean, actually, we talk about this though. The I was there Saturday at the uh, the last the, the championship game. I'm definitely a defensive minded guy, but I will say props out the whole squad. But I already knew just again watching you from afar, communicating off and on. But I love to see uh, Brown and the other kid play defend. I mean, it was yep. – I, I love I, – I was that type of guy. They, they're way offensive than I ever could be. But defensively, they were so locked in. The whole team was, but they took those matchups, that matchup with the guards, another level. Like, it was determining them. Like, they know the – it's a guard game. High school, to me, I feel if you have a big, yes, even better. But your guards make your teams go. And I'm just watching them. Yep. Man, I'm watching the two dudes work. Even the sub – I think you sub some guy in. They all knew what their job was on the guards. It was like – it didn't stop, man. Um how much time do you guys spend or focus on the defensive side of the ball? A lot. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a defensive type guy too. Um, and we, we watch tons of film, probably too much film. If anything, we probably overload them do too much. Um, but I mean, I'm blessed to be at a school where our kids want that. Like they want to be in film. They want to, there's not enough time they can be in the gym where, you know, like I feel for some coaches that are at schools where like they're begging their kids you know, to lock in more and do yeah. more. Our kids, like, they lock in, and it's credit <laughs> to them. Um, our defense is very, very scouting report-based. Yeah. Where, like, you make a mistake in practice, you, you don't play. We sub you off. We sub someone on who can do it. Mm. And uh, I think with us being kind of a Christian-based school, you know, centered around Jesus and everything, um, it's hard to kind of keep kids, like, it with that in mind, but also mm. – edge to where it's like yeah lock you up and yeah. i think we've with this group the last but when they get on the court it's like 
they want to take everything and they give anything. And I think the last couple games, Intercom and Jesuit was probably the two games where our guys were just locked in the most this season, where it's like scouting report says he doesn't get a three off. He doesn't get a three off. You know, scouting report says he doesn't get a direct drive. He's not getting a direct drive. Yep. And uh, even when I went back and watched it, even myself, I was like, wow, okay, yeah, we, we were really locked in you know, yeah. this game. Definitely, definitely. You can see that uh, from, from top to bottom, coaching staff, everybody, players, intensity. Um, but also, I, I definitely know it helps being familiar with that atmosphere, right? <laughs> Y'all not new yeah. to that scene too, right? So now it's a little more familiarity, comfortable, but also the comfort. But I mean, when you trust the processes, when you guys, it shows, and they trust each other, though. Like, just the fun all the guys are having. I mean, all the playoff teams, right? To get that to they got those last stages, but also to win one. Because most of a lot of the games were other ones outside of that one were kind of close, big runs, whatever. You guys did what you did early, start out, but then it's like you knew kind of, okay, we're still dictating. We're, you know, and you never see the wavering, but also you see the confidence, man. Just, again, those guard plays and then the big come in. It's like, man, wave after wave. You're like, all right, where there's no downfall. How intense yeah. are y'all practices? They get very intense. Because <laughs> I can see that. And I'm looking like, okay, so I know he goes at him. I'm like, okay, I bet that in practice. I bet that's – they again, teammates now, but I know in practice too for us. Yeah, it gets to kind of like you got to get a little intense to where you almost yeah. walk that line, right? Yeah. No, there's definitely a line that sometimes it gets crossed. Um, okay. Try to avoid that. But we've had some college coaches come in and be like, wow, like this is – we don't see high schools practice like this. And, you know, it's like undeservedly I get a lot of the credit – um, my coaching staff is outstanding. And no it's people, like, man. Shout out to the staff, Greg man. Long, who's been kind of my right-hand man all seven years. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's a beast. He just pours into these kids. Um, he'll be the first one to tell you he's not the most X and O's guy, anything like that. Kids just, you know, they call him Uncle G. The kids yeah. love him. And then um, Chris Teven, who, I mean, he's a monster. He's just one of the brightest yeah. offensive I've ever been around. And – he wakes up out of bed. He's intense, and when <laughs> walk, it's um, you know, I, I'm pretty intense. I get after it, but he yeah. just adds a whole level on top of me. And um, you know, I, 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 Coach Vince, my JV coach, he played at Cal State Northridge. Mm-hmm. You know, combination of everything. It's just our, our our kids know when they come in the gym, they got to bring it. And um, like you said, that we got multiple guys to come off the bench that can play. Yeah, and so getting a rep off because the eighth man's guarding you. Our eighth man is, you know, a kid who has <laughs> college. So yeah. uh, well, they get after it. And I, I think that is a big reason why a lot of our kids go to college and they have success. You don't see our kids going to college and sit in the bench and mm. yeah, ready for competition. They understand that they're going to have to bring it. And, you know, KJ Davis, you know, that's what San Diego State loves about him. You know, he's not scared. Mm-hmm. He's going to go in put his nose in there, not not be afraid. And I would like to think it has something to do with, with our practices. Um, we're not yeah. perfect by plenty of stuff in practice that we can improve on, but we do try to preach intensity and, you know, yeah. better bring it. Definitely dope. Um, I would do a shout out to, I mean, I see the the coach relationship is is important too, right? I believe, I'm not sure if it was the end of the second, start of second quarter and second quarter, uh, Tevin drew something up out of the timeout or called some of the timeout. I think Thing Lady Brown went or Bucket score. I mean, because I didn't know my coach, shout out to Coach Brian, too. He's an offensive minded dude. It's like you, hey, the instant look, like, yep, good call. You're getting that, like, hey, that was clutch out of timeout. Because I mean, as head coaches, right, we're looking at so many things, we're trying to do so much too. But the assistant coaches or the coaches, if they're just if they're the offensive guys, like, hey, those 
hey, I, I see I seen you give him the thing. You just step back. Cool. You can take the huddle. I'm gonna step over here and talk to other coaches. But that trust mm-hmm. factor, and then especially when the play goes down, I'm like, hey, appreciate that because I'm over here thinking about different things, and I can see that connection too. Like, hey, you know, and I knew when y'all linked up, I was like, shit. I'm like, oh man, this is crazy. I'm like, he's getting another good. I'm like, he's getting another guru on the bench. I'm like, man, it's gonna add to the. But how is your relationship with your coaches built off of just um, experiences or you know referral style? How do you guys build up relationships with your coaches? I mean, obviously, I, I think you know not anybody can coach here at Modesto Christian. Um, obviously, I demand a lot out of my coaches, and you know I, I've known Coach Steven since you know he was playing the Stan State. When I would come home overseas, they would work out in the morning. I'd go work out with them, and you know I tell a lot of people this story. It's like you know I'm this you know pro, and I'm trying to get stretched and get loose and not mm-hmm. get hurt. Very first drill, Coach Stevens just elbowing you in the ribs and you know, <laughs> fighting and picking me up full court. And that's yeah. just fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, so all, this, all the success he had at Western Ranch, you know, when he got the raw deal, getting fired because of the COVID stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were friends and stuff. So we went out to eat and, you know, I was just like, hey, man, you know, you should just join staff with me. And, you know, I think he was a little hesitant at first. And I think he thought I wanted his players. And it was like, no, and like, we're Modesto Christian. We have dudes. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't players. I want you. And yeah. um, when he came on, you know, I think there was a filling out process of what, you know, him being a head coach, I think it was tough for him. Yeah. And uh, deservingly so. I mean, the, the, the guy could be running any top program tough. in Northern. But yeah. it made me better. Like, um, you know, you bring someone on staff like that, you realize that, yeah, you, you don't know everything. And, um, for me, it allowed me to really lock in on the defensive side. Like I've always been yeah. more of a defensive guy and this and that. And yeah. um, kind of over time, it's just like, you know, he would throw out suggestions offensively and it's just like, yeah, man, absolutely. So where now <laughs> I barely ever tell him, no, I don't like that. No, we don't need to do, we shouldn't do that. Um, he knows his stuff, he studies his stuff. Um, and I just think it, it's allowed me to be so focused defensively, especially in game, you know. Yeah. Just, Adjustments. Other this and that. I don't have to, like you said, a timeout. I can go talk to my my assistant coach, which is probably what happened on that drill. Yeah. I mean that uh that out where it was like, all right, they made an adjustment. They tried doing this. We're gonna do this while he's over here, you know, drawing up what what we should do offensively. Yeah. So I just think it's major, and um, you know, I can't don't thank Coach Steven enough. There's, like I said, he barely gets paid anything. He drives from Stockton every single day, yeah, and man, it's a sacrifice you know, it's for sure. That's my guy right there, and he he deserves the world. He'll he'll get something coming for him here soon. Yeah, um, that's what's up. I can pick the right job, not just you know he's the type of coach he can win anywhere, but I think he needs to pick the right job yeah. where, you know, I think he can do things. He'll keep it popping. Yeah, he'll he'll get it going. He'll keep it going or evolve it. So that's not even a question. Um, real quick, coach, like you talked about life wise though, but you got the little fellas around. How do you balance, man? Because I know, man, we you're heavy in it. I mean, just you're heavy in it. It's a lot required of you, um, time, but how do you manage to balance this, balance this all, man? Cause I know people, college, college coaches, players calling, people want to get in school. How do you just work this thing out, man? And still be able to still keep a, you know I mean? You got to function, right? So it's a little dad, <laughs> husband, how's that work for you? Um, I mean, obviously first and foremost, my wife is, you know, she's amazing. And, uh, you know, when she was, uh, or when I was overseas, you know, she knew what it was. It was a long distance relationship. She'd fly over it when she could. And, um, you know, when we got back, it was great to coach. She already knew, you know, the ball. And she never once complains. She she doesn't, um, you know, almost feel bad for her just because, you know, 
she doesn't complain. And I, I probably take that for granted. Um, hearing some other stories about coaches' wives and stuff like that. So I, <laughs> yeah, harder. You know, when we had kids, I have a four-year-old daughter and a six-year-old okay. son. Uh, my son's all into hoop. Um, got him playing up in the in a nine-year-old league right now. He loves it. Uh-oh. Let's and, go. <laughs> That's for but sure. like, people are texting me, sending me pictures of him. You know, at Golden One, doing his dribbling drills at half court and stuff. It's like he's around me all the time. He's in the gym with practice. Yeah. playing beach on one. You know, yeah. so that side of things with him, it's not that difficult because he's with me right. all the time. My daughter probably gets the short end of the stick. I don't have as much time with her, um, stuff like that, just because she's not in the gym with me all the time. Um, it's definitely kind of changed my priorities. Um, yeah. You know, my kids do come first, and that's where having my coaching staff has helped. If I got to bounce out to go to my daughter's dance thing or yeah. my son's back or something, you know, they're able to run practice and. That's a big reason you know, I've had some interest for college jobs and stuff, um, assistant coach of jobs, and it hasn't really been something that I want to jump to just because I don't want to yeah. I want to be able to control if I'm not missing my son's basketball game or something because the yeah. coach makes me sit in the office and do recruiting calls till 7 p.m. That's um, hey, different grind, man. You already I, know that college is different. It is, it is. Man. Shout out to the family, man. That's that's definitely dope, man. And the wife and the kids, man. Definitely they sacrifice too. But I know they I can tell, like I said, just seeing the, the results together is always a it's, a it's a ticket punch, right? That's the check you cash all the time you put in, sacrifice to see you go out there and win, wife supporting you. You know what I'm saying? Um definitely dope. Um before we get out of here, man, triple threat, man. You know what basketball, drill, pass, shoot. But right now at the end of every show, I ask my guests, man, give me your triple threat just in general. Like it can be from your perspective as a coach, as a father, as a mentor, whatever, three things that you hang your hat on, man, that you would want a coach or a player or anybody listening and watching this show. I know they're going to be watching. And, again, y'all got to tune in right now. Again, check Coach out Saturday night. He on the – you're at home. Is that right? At home Saturday? We are at home. At home Saturday so first night. First time for uh, the semis. First time, semis. all right. But give me your triple threat, man, uh, three things that you can hang your hat on you want to let everybody know, man, before we get out of here today. Um, I mean, I just think, I mean, honestly, right here on our wall, we kind of have our core values. Okay. Um, for us, we really preach to our guys servant leadership, just uh, enhancing the value of others. And uh, if, you, if you're going to be all about yourself in life, um, you know, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle relationship wise. Um, you're going to struggle to be successful. I mean, I, I think um, servant leadership, I mean, life is all about helping others, making an impact on others. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we really try to teach that. Um, humility, you know, just uh, sacrificing, you know, for others. And then um, just toughness, just not just physical toughness, but mental toughness. Um, you got to be mentally tough in life. And, you know, we can't, I can't preach that to these young kids enough. You're going to have adversity. You can't always run from adversity um, like a lot of kids do nowadays. And, um, you know, we, we tell our kids, you know, Coach Steven actually is the one who tells them, you know, you don't, you don't run from adversity, you run to the smoke. Mm. And, um, you know, I think uh, these kids nowadays, you know, you almost just have to embrace adversity because it's going to happen. So I, I would say those three things, servant leadership, humility, and um, just mental toughness. That's what's up. Man, Coach, appreciate you taking this time out your morning. I know you got to get to get to work, get the business, and back to prep and practicing, man. Uh, best of luck on this rest of this run, man. You know, I'll be following you. I'm saying rock with you, supporting you, man. Uh, keep it going. Um, best of luck. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. All right, appreciate man. you. All right, Peace. See you.